Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. In today's chat, we have Desiree Duffy. Desiree delves into the intrigating realm of artificial intelligence. Is artificial intelligence your friend or your foe as a writer? Maybe just maybe by the time I'm done with this presentation, you'll be thinking it's more like your friend and me. Writers nowadays, there's a lot going on in the world of artificial intelligence. And it's sometimes it's hard to follow the ball. I'm going to present this to you and I'll talk about chat GPT a lot, for example, just because that's what a lot of people are using. But there's all sorts of new ones out there. Claude too, and there's other things that are coming onto the scene constantly between Midjourney and Dolly and Eleven Labs, et cetera, et cetera. So everything that I'm going to tell you, just kind of keep in mind that it's a good idea to do the research because in an hour from now, there might be a new fantastic AI announcement that is going to change the world. I would like to start by bringing up my presentation and really thanking Lucia and the folks at the RV Book Fair for inviting me to participate in this year's event. It is truly an honor. I think that as writers, we have a lot to take in constantly. I, I, I found a Black Chateau, that's my agency. I also have founded the Book Fest and Books That Make You. So as somebody who's done a lot of bookish brands and worked with a lot of authors and understands the world of marketing and PR and authors and publishing and writing. Woo, you as a writer have so much to keep track of. And now you've got this new thing that's on the scene. You may have heard things or you've read an article. Maybe you heard an interview on the radio. There is so much going on that what I'd like to start with is my philosophy on the fact that I think more than ever, it is important to be human. Our humanity is what matters. Readers and writers, we have this agreement, don't we? The reader who slips into your skin and reads your words, who sees the world through the character you created, or reads about your experiences in your memoir, or your nonfiction book, it's all the same. Well, there's this guarantee that this content is giving them insights and a view of the world that is human. When it boils down to it, that's what story is. And I feel that that contract cannot be duplicated by artificial intelligence. AI is a tool. It's like Google, very much like what Google is or a search engine. It assists us. Imagine now researching your book without Google or Wikipedia or whatever research tools you might be using. Think of how 20 years ago, not even, 
if you wanted to do research, you were going into the library. And trust me, everybody still should be going into those libraries and using those resources. But just like anything, times change, our tools change. And I think that AI is a great tool for writers if used responsibly. There are ethical things that are involved. And we'll parse that out a little bit too, because I think that content that that is too reliant on AI is actually not advisable. It breaches that writer and reader contract. And not only that, I don't wanna get too deep into the weeds, but besides ethical, there might be some legal and copyright issues. There's a lot of lawyers and things going on right now. So I would advise, at least at this point in time, take it easy with relying too much on AI. But the cool thing is it can be used as a tool. It can be your friend of me. Give ChatGPT your writing style, for example. You can use it to capture your voice. Say, for example, you're writing an article and you write lots of article. You're probably doing it as part of your blogging strategy, right? You're supposed to have a blogging strategy and newsletter and social media. You can give ChatGPT an example of your writing. You say, hey, ChatGPT, here's an example of my writing style, tone, and voice. Can you capture it and produce in your future outputs writing in my tone. It can do that. So you're not taking something or deriving it from somebody else's writing. You're giving it your writing style. And now you can use it to help you write some of those articles and blog posts. Um, You can add various sentence structures. Have you ever had it where maybe you fall or rely a little bit too often on a certain sentence structure, the way you phrase thing, you can ask ChatGPT to rewrite your copy for you. Maybe you wrote something and you just want to freshen it up. It's almost like a word salad, right? You want to push it all up into the air and have it fall down and still make sense. It can be your copy editor. You can use it to punch up your copy. I've asked it that. If you're ever uncertain, skip I asked it once, hey, chat GPT, do you know what punch up means? Can you punch something up for me? And I said, yes. And it it described what it meant. It said, you know, basically enhance, et cetera, et cetera. You can give it different style guides. For example, most writers are using Chicago style manual. You can give it the specific style guide you want it to use and have it help you with research. Um, It can go back in time with you for historical content. You can use it to help generate ideas. That chatting feature, the fact that it chats makes it so much more interactive and easy to use than a traditional search engine. Always, always, always make sure that the human element is there. Do research and double check some of the things that it gives you because it sometimes can have that imagination and it can mix things up. Just like you would probably check um, if you had hired a research assistant or a copywriter to help you write something, you're still gonna check, you're still gonna edit over the top of ChatGPT. Imagining your characters is another thing that I think that writers can use. AI for this and many of the images that you're seeing in this presentation actually have been created using Midjourney Bot. Um, there's other image generators out there. There's Dolly and so many more. Have fun researching them. But for our intents and purposes, this image that you see here 
was an author friend of mine. And I we were, we were playing with it. We were sharing the screen. I was like, so describe for me the main character in your most recent novel. And he did that. And so I typed it in. And this was one of the very, there was four, you know, examples given at a time. This was one of the very first ones. And he was just like blown away. He's like, that, that's, that's my character. And being able to visualize a lot of times for writers helps. So if nothing else, you can use this to create your character so you can see him or her and get an idea of what she looks like. It's like you're putting yourself, immersing yourself in your own scenery and with your own characters. Be very careful uh, and be aware of licensing and the usage of these images. For example, I have given photo credit. I'm saying fully, hey, this was from Midjourney, but on Discord. Um, I wouldn't suggest using this for your cover, or at least if you do, do so very, very carefully. You can use it to give your cover artist ideas. If you've ever wanted to you know, write something down on a napkin or do a rough sketch, Midjourney and other image generators can do that for you very, very well, but still have that artist use it as a jumping off point. And just remember that there are some issues right now with different artists who are basically saying, I have not given permission for this. There are um, models out there like Adobe and others who are being very careful about licensing and getting permissions. But again, go too far into that. I want to get into right now some of the predictions, though, um, as AI becomes our frenemies. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. I don't think this is something that is just a flash in the pan. Mm -mm -mm. This is not like NFTs or some of the other things out there that seem like they come and go out of style. I think this is going to stay and we're going to need to find ways to work with it. I do believe ultimately in human written books and content that it's going to become more valuable than ever before. Think of how if you really wanted to, if you need furniture, right? You can go down and I think the shelf behind me or the, the bookcase behind me um, and beside me, my desk, they're from Ikea. Gotta love Ikea, right? But if you really wanted a really quality desk, you might go with Amish made furniture, for example. So I think the quality of human versus artificial intelligence is going to be very, very hard for AI to keep up with. That authentication is on the horizon. If you think about how Twitter and X are verifying users, I think this is a step toward verifying one's humanity online. AI written books are going to get better, but written by humans or for humans is something that is following. Even Amazon just recently is asking the authors how much the book is written by AI or if it's AI-assisted writing. I do think that personal AI assistants, think Jarvis from Marvel, um, those auto agents are gonna be very, very helpful and they're gonna be able to interact with a lot of the different apps um, and our email and the things that we have to basically do a lot of things for us. I'm very excited about that. Live events though, I don't think it's ever gonna be Placed by AI. Those types of things I think are going to become more powerful and more in demand. Authors doing readings and book signings and being at conferences and writers events. 
AI is going to help authors who could never afford to do things like an audiobook to be able to clone their own voice. Yeah, that's possible now and narrate their own book with it. There's AI voices that can narrate books too. I'm not suggesting you replace the voiceover artists, but if an author had limited funds and never could have afforded to do an audiobook in the first place, well, AI might be able to help give them a leg up. Cover designs, illustrations created by AI, all of that. Um, you know, I again suggest the ethical route, but that's going to become more and more prevalent. I want to thank you for joining me for this presentation. And again, thank you to Lucia and the RV Book Fest. Friends, do not, whatever you do, please do not be afraid of artificial intelligence. I believe it is our frenemy as writers, and it is something that's going to grow and expand and really give us an amazing tool to use as writers now and into the future. Thank you. Desiree Duffy is a visionary founder of Black Chateau, a dynamic marketing and public relations agency. She's also the driving force behind books that make you a multimedia brand dedicated to promoting books and authors. Joining us as our second guest is Stephen Joseph. Stephen, a first-generation American, is not your typical attorney. He's a veteran legal expert, skilled negotiator, prolific speaker, and a modern humorist, proudly hailing from the bustling city of New York. Get ready for an insightful and humorous conversation with the multi-talented Stephen Joseph. Hi, my name is Steve Joseph, and I'm the author of this release book, Cranky Superpowers, Life Lessons Learned from the Common Crankosaurus Chronicles. Now, I talk about a lot of different things about crankiness and stories about how and why we get cranky and how we find our cranky superpowers. One of the chapters I like to talk about today is one of my favorite chapters, Crankosaurus Menopause, because it's how we get along with each other and how we could better get along with each other. So I always wondered, or I always hear, that you know people aren't getting married anymore these days and didn't even know why until just recently I went to a wedding and uh, it was a very nice couple. Uh, Seymour and Zelda, and and I heard a wedding bells. I, I, I haven't heard wedding bells like this before. So the minister he asked Seymour first. Seymour, do you take your bride Zelda for better or for worse? Seymour said, Yeah, sure. No, 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 no. Said the minister. You have to pick a pick one or the other. You can't get both, better or worse. Seymour thought for a second and said, you know, when I picked Zelda, I knew I wasn't picking a, a beauty queen, so I'll go with worse. How much worse could it get? Oh, I hear it gets a lot worse. Well, you know, I don't want to put pressure on her. She's, you know, she gets very nervous. I'll go with worse. Okay. Zelda, 
do you take this man Seymour for better or for worse? And Zelda thought for a second, you know, when I picked Seymour, I knew I was picking from the bottom of the barrel. And when you pick from the bottom of the barrel, you only hope to get go up. So I'll go with better. Who's looking, who's talking about bottom of the barrel? I'm gonna change my answer. I want better. I'm picking better. Zelda was going, I don't know if I could do better. I, I, I get very nervous. I, I, I'm getting a panic attack, panic attack. You know, minister, he always would sing to me, don't go changing to try to please me. I never want you to work so hard. I love you just the way you are. Bull crap. Uh, minister. Could, could, could we do something? Can, can we both be better or worse? Is there something we could do? Could we just say the same? Nobody says the same. You, you either get better or worse. And I can't do both. If you want better or worse, you need lawyers. Well, what do these lawyers do? Well, you have to negotiate. What is the considered better? What is considered worse? Let's say you, Seymour, become worse with, uh, or better. Or seem, uh, Zelda thinks you got worse, or vice versa. This all has to be negotiated. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, we can't afford that. Uh, Zelda, I think, will we'll go with worse. Well, worse and, and see more. Uh, I, I, I feel sick already. Let's go with sickness and not, not the health. Okay, sickness it is. And they lived happily ever after, I could tell you that. It's very, very nice. So I learned from this in my relationship, we get to be 5% insane, 20% crazy, and 75% normal. We're required 75% normal. And you may think this is insane, but it's counterintuitive. If I told you that you're allowed 0% crazy when you do become crazy and everybody does become crazy you can't say that you're you're crazy you have to say i'm not crazy you're the one who's really crazy and that makes me crazy who likes to be told they're crazy by a crazy person then i think you have become insane and we've become this one big crazy insane family and fighting back and forth by giving us permission to be crazy we appreciate it a little bit more and we end up getting using up one to two percent crazy a year. With zero percent crazy, you end up more like 50 or 60 percent. So, by using this formula, we end up to be effectively cranky and kind of laugh at it all the time and getting to appreciate each other way, way more than if we weren't allowed to be crazy. The zero is not good. So, Thank you. Just wanted to share that with you. Take care. Despite his many achievements, Stephen stays humble. He admits that despite mastering the art of Zen, there is one thing he's sure about. He hasn't quite figured everything out, except maybe the occasional bolt of crankness. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening 
And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.